Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Friday morning. Trust everybody's doing well today. Uh, keep me in your prayers. I'm really having a tough time with my asthma uh, last couple of days, and uh, yesterday was really bad last night. And so, uh, please keep me in your prayers. I'm a little tired and uh, struggling to breathe. I uh, I tell you, it's. Uh, Seemed like there was a period between my early 20s and, uh, I don't know, mid-30s maybe. Seemed like I did pretty good health-wise, and then it all started going downhill. Uh, when I was a kid, I stayed sick a lot. And uh, uh, the fact, uh, that's why I, the breathing thing kind of freaks me out. And it might add make my asthma a little worse because I get a little panicky. Because I, uh, when I was a kid, you know, I would... Um, uh, wake up gasping for air and i remember many a night getting on uh, crawling i mean with every ounce of strength i had just to get to my dad and wake him up i thought if i just get to my dad i'll be all right and uh, uh they would put me in oxygen tents uh, sometimes weeks at a time I'll be honest with you i do miss that oxygen tent to a certain extent because the way that cool air felt it was just a uh, just a wonderful feeling but Back then, uh, there was no TVs in the room. There was no iPads or iPhones, and uh, that made for long, long days. But back then, when I went, so how old I am, where uh, the Asbury Center is, that used to be the old Johnson City Hospital, and that's where I used to have to go. In fact, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, I um, uh, here I had breathing problems, and I this is no lie. I honestly remember the doctor smoking in the in the room <laughs> they, they come in there and talk to my parents so but uh times have changed so it freaks me out a little bit this covid thing freaks me out a little bit because if you've never experienced it to uh, uh there's nothing worse than suffocating and it really freaks me out so uh just keep me in your prayers if you will so but uh, I know you will because you're wonderful people. Who all do we have this morning? we got Darlene Barker, Amy Oaks-Turner, Miss Nancy Tyree, Brandy Boyd-Young, uh, let's see, Kelly Jeanette Swift, Angel Dixon, Miss Jennifer Honeycutt, Jennifer Corby-Williams, uh, Lois Adams, and Carolyn Kelly. Those, uh, those are just the ones that, uh, uh, that I, can, uh, I can see. Uh, again, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because uh, there's many, many, many times that um, after I get done, I see where somebody else has commented and I did not see it. So if I don't call your name and say good morning to you, please understand it's it, it's only because I did not see it. So because I see there's there's a lot more people watching. So all right, my friends, let us stand and let us do our pledge of allegiance this morning. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, my friends, this is a, a great and wonderful country that we live in. That's why people are killing themselves to get in here, uh, whether legally or illegally. And I, uh, you know, if I was living in a country and uh, poor as dirt and starving to death and thought I had an opportunity, 
and I would try to come here no matter what the means would to get my family here I, you know so I can can't blame them but at the same time we've got to keep our borders protected uh, to keep us from uh, enemies who wish to destroy us uh, just like they found the terrorist uh, the other day uh, trying to stay across the border and uh, so it's important that we uh, I have no problem with legal immigration and coming in the proper way but what Joe Biden has done has created uh, a real mess uh, on our border you know it amazes me how the news media and the liberals alike uh, which probably no, no doubt there's any distinction uh, how they condemned Trump uh, trying to say that he was putting children in cages and we know that was a total fallacy don't know that was wrong uh, that wasn't true but now here we literally have a crisis on our border at our border right now the unprecedented like never before uh housing over like four thousand children in a facility that has 200 it was accommodate 250 people uh, it broke my heart to see these little kids being uh, three and five year old being dropped on the other side of the of the wall the little five-year-old boy crying in the middle of the desert uh, where the group he was with, his mother just said he put her name and number on her on his arm, sent him out there, to, and the, uh, the, now they're seeing that these kids are being molested, uh, being uh, sexually abused, uh, the, and, uh, not to, you know, and, and then on top of all that, uh, it's costing taxpayers, now get this, it's costing taxpayers Sixty million dollars a day because of what's going on. Where is the outcry? I mean, Trump didn't even do anything even close to this. Where is the outcry of what's going on? The blood of these children are on these in, on Biden's hands, and for and this and you may and this may offend you, and but it's the truth. If you voted for that piece of crap. Bloods on your hands too, as 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 every aborted baby, because that you know exactly what they what they stood for, and because Trump has some mean tweets, then uh, you uh, had to to vote for somebody who is unethical, who supported abortion, who supported same sex. I mean, but not despite all the obvious, but to see what's going on down there and these little children, these innocent kids. You know, I, I still don't understand how this one kid they found, and the mother was in New York. I don't understand how that even worked anyway. So it is uh, it's nauseating, uh, to say the least. So we I pray for these little kids. You know, they're innocent in all this. You know, they really are. And how they're being used and abused and neglected, it, uh, it breaks my heart. It really does. And I'm sure it does you as well uh, that are watching uh, and or listening this morning. Uh, so we really need to be praying for these little kids. It's, they're, they're caught up in a... In a mess they have no control over, and it's, it's truly sad. It really is. So. All right, let's look at our morning passage uh, this morning. We're going to look at not look 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 at Luke. That's almost like saying uh, she sells seashells at the seashore. <laughs> so let's look at Luke. We try to say that five times fast. Let's look at Luke nineteen forty three. <laughs> For the days shall come that you on you that your enemies shall cast a trench about you and compass you around, compass you round, and keep you in on every side. I apologize for my inability to read this morning. 
I, uh, I have no excuse and I apologize. But let's look at something here. Uh, that was uh, Luke 19.43. But I think to bring it into context, let's, let us look at Luke 19.41 through 43. And again, I, I'm reading from uh, the English Standard Version. Uh, 1941, and when he drew near, he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day that, that the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when, you're in, er, when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, and you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now, what we're looking at here, to bring into context, uh-oh, hit something on my computer here, bring into context, uh, we're, well, of course, since we're talking about the triumphal entry, and uh, very, I think it's very appropriate, uh, you know, Considering the Easter weekend, this is one of the things that were leading up uh, to uh, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And, uh, you know, they had a, a severe misunderstanding of what Christ was, uh, was there to do. And uh, many thought he was there to uh, take over uh, Rome. They thought he was going to, to establish an earthly kingdom. And uh, nothing would be further from the truth. It's very interesting, you know, how he... Uh, came in peace originally you know being born of a virgin but when he come, returns again in the second coming and again we were discussing uh wednesday evening the distinction between the rapture and the second coming and in the second coming that's when he'll be coming with a sword as an act of war but um but there's a reason why that uh, jesus wept as he approached the city in fact it says uh, uh, here, let me read here to you. He says, First and foremost, Jerusalem failed to grasp the things which make for peace. Just what are the things which, which make for peace? In our day, this is a matter of great disagreement and heated debate. The hawks think that peace is obtained by might, by having sufficient arms to serve as a threat to any who would think of attacking us. The doves think that the absence of armament is the answer. In Israel, the belief was that Messiah would bring peace to the nation when he appeared. Thus, at the birth of the Lord Jesus, the angels sang, Peace on earth. So, you know, by and large, we're looking at this, the, talking about um, uh, what Jesus Christ came to do. And, and what he came to do, uh, obviously, was, his de it was to save us from very real hell. He had to take on human form to show us the way. He left the glories of heaven to show us the way to salvation. He had he was fully God and he was fully man. And what he had to suffer and what he had to endure uh, to secure our salvation. Now, with that said, we will suffer as Christ has suffered. Now, what I'm saying is, we're, of course, obviously, we're not going to be literally flogged and, and nailed to a cross, uh, or at least I would hope and pray not. Uh, they would not come to that. But we, because of Christ's rejection, see here they were singing Hosea uh, in the triumphal entry, or were the very ones who would say, free Barabbas, crucify him. Just within a few days span period, they rejected him. They turned him away uh, because uh, they denied him as the Messiah. Very interesting how we see uh, today 
uh, how that uh, uh, people reject him still yet as the Messiah. It is, uh, we, my friends, are in a battle. And, and I guess that's the, the crux of, of what we're uh, looking at here this morning, uh, is that we are in a battle. You know, I mentioned, I think I mentioned yesterday, uh, talking about the church in Canada where the pastor was jailed for 35 days and a chain link fence put around the church because he dared to have church service uh, and disregarded their rules in regards to COVID. Now, as a pastor, I have mixed feelings about it. You know, I do believe COVID is real. I do believe it is real. I mean, it's obvious the, the amount of deaths uh, that has been seen. Uh, we know people personally that are that are struggling and battling with it. Uh, in fact, Brandon's telling about a, uh, someone she knows, uh, even their little baby, not even a year old has it. That's, that'd be a nightmare in of itself. And so we know it's real, uh, and, and it's something to be taken seriously. Uh, do I think masks work? If you want my honest opinion, I, I think it's a bunch of bull. I, you know, I, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Uh, but as a pastor, I encourage it in the church just because if it makes someone feel secure. I don't, we don't make people wear them, but if, they, if it makes them feel more secure, if they think that it will help, have at it. Because I don't want to... I encourage it there because I don't want that uh, on my uh, conscience that someone got sick because I neglected to encourage so that it might help. And and it, and, and, and in that defense, uh, you know, we've seen record numbers of the flu go down. I think it's uh, because people wearing masks and washing their hands and such. But now here's the point I'm getting at. You know, we're seeing this attack on the church in Canada. And I think it's just a, a matter of time that we're going to see attacks on Christianity in churches even more so here. And so you're going to have to make a hard choice. You're going to have to make an uncomfortable choice. You're going to have to decide, uh, am I going to fight? Am I going to stand for what is right? Or am I going to blend in? See, we have a lot of, uh, you know, when, when you look at um, the military, when I was in the Air Force, we uh, down at Fort, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, San Antonio, Texas. There, um, it was so hot. I mean, I but the the heat there is so different than here, and we had to wear those full fatigues. I mean, the, the camouflage fatigues and uh, boots. I mean, it was so miserably hot. In fact, they'd make you drink you so much water, which uh, you know keep you from dehydrating, but they wanted to make you throw up, <laughs> and I refused. I start gagging, and they'd say. Do it, do it, and I would, I would die for I to throw it up because I wouldn't want to give in. But the camouflage, obviously, uh, when you're in battle, you want that camouflage to blend in so the enemy can't see you. That's the problem with too many Christians. They want to blend in. They don't want to stand out, and they don't want to make any waves. They, I, they, people, unfortunately, have the uh, <coughs> excuse me misunderstanding that um, if I don't make any waves, the devil will leave me alone. <laughs> The devil's not going to leave you alone, all right? Uh, it is, uh, we are set apart. See, that's one thing. We're, we, we're not going to blend in with the world because we are set apart, and we are in a battle. And that means you may have to stand up for things that are going to make you very uncomfortable. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> it's hard to breathe. Uh, make you very uncomfortable. And that may mean when it comes to sexual preference, economics, marriage, marital roles, 
when it comes to gender roles, what, you know, whatever it may be, we're going to have to stand out and stand up for what is right in uh, the name of Christ. Now, we have to make sure we're interpreting scripture properly. You know, like I've had, I've told you before, I've had men come in and say, uh, she's supposed to submit to me as well. And I say, you're, you're misinterpreting that. All right. She is to submit to you spiritually. Are you being the head of your household? Are you leading by example? Are you seen reading your Bible? Are you seen being a prayer? Are you taking your family to church? But I said, you're, you're focusing on, she's supposed to submit to me so you could be a tyrant in your home. But I said, you failed to look down beneath it there. It says to love your wife as your own body, whoever hated your own body. So I said, you know, this is not, you know, when we look at the man is to be the head of the home, this is not, uh, you're not to be a tyrant and, and, uh, uh, to dictate, uh, your home. She is to submit spiritually. And you need to be a leader spiritually. Are you doing that? And boy, how, the, how that uh, turns real quick. When it comes to homosexuality, the Bible cannot be more clear throughout Old Testament, New Testament. It cannot be more clear. You know, it blew my mind the other day when I saw that comment. Somebody wrote and said, uh, uh, you, you, you can't be a Christian and disagree with homosexuality. And I was just like, I had to read it again. I thought, did I really read that right? It's <laughs> crazy. You know, we don't tolerate sin. And again, people say, well, you focus on homosexuality, but you don't talk about it. I, I've, I always talk about any sexual sin, whether it's adultery, pornography, uh, anything uh, that's, that's, that's going to uh, go against what God's Word tells us to do, even premarital sex, things like that people don't want to talk about. Uh, these are the things that we have to avoid. That's sinful too. Uh, but, uh, you know, so, you know, so because of our, our stand as, and our convictions as Christian, and remember, if you're ever uh, put on the stand in regards to your uh, beliefs in, you know, I don't want to say religion because you can be religious washing your car every day, but our understanding of Christianity, our understanding of what God's Word stand, understanding of what Christ has done for us, if you ever put on the, on the court stand, you say it is my conviction because you say, well, that's what I believe. See, beliefs can be can be wavering. You can believe, you know, you can believe this today and might believe that tomorrow. But when you say it is my conviction, then that is rooted, that is grounded, and that is to, that will not be uh, uh, movable. So that's why, you know, you say, that's why I always say uh, our convictions in Christ those beliefs can be wavering. And our problem with our society is uh, they want to be inclusive. They want everybody to be inclusive, you know, and, and, and which is a word I get so sick of hearing. In other words, you've got to tolerate every liberal ideology that is out there. But see, they don't want to hear. See, they think truth is relative. Truth is not relative, all right? It, it is static. And Christianity is exclusive, now, it is inclusive to the point that all are welcome to come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Savior. All are, are welcome to uh, what Christ is offering them. But unfortunately, not all will accept that. But we are exclusive in the fact that God's Word explicitly tells us that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man will come to the Father except through Him. And so it doesn't matter what else you believe. It doesn't matter how you want to rearrange the Bible. It doesn't matter if you want to make a God of your own making. It don't matter if you're a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, a Buddhist, a Muslim. 
The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. And my friends, we're, we're, we're seeing a, a, we're coming to, uh, it's coming to a head and, and to the point that Christians have no longer the ability to blend in. You're going to have to rip off the camouflage and be exposed in the fact that it's going to be very uncomfortable to stand for what is right. And see, I see so many Christians out there pussyfooting around because they don't want to, um, you know, offend anybody. I don't, I don't judge. I don't want to offend nobody. And, and you know, and this yeah, love is love. You know, they act like Christ is some celestial hippie sitting in the lotus position. And it's not, nothing we further for the truth. Jesus Christ was a man. He stood for what is right. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And he he went through horrendous torture and and overcome death to save us. And the least that we can do is quit hiding behind our sensibilities that are worried about offending a, a world who hates us instead of standing for what is right. And my friends, as we, have, we are coming to that point now, as Christians, it is time for us to stand for what is true and for what is right. So you need to ask yourself today, am I going to blend in or am I ready for the battle and stand for what may be uncomfortable for persecution? But as Christ suffered, so shall we. Because he was rejected, we will be rejected. My friends, it is time to no longer remain silent. It is time to make a stand. And the world, I'm telling you, the liberals, the world, they, they, you know, it's so funny how the, they think that uh, they're so intelligent. They think they're so superior. I, I get so tickled at some of the comments on Facebook. They, some of these people must keep a thesaurus with them because some of the words they use, I'm like, nobody who talks like this. They're so pretentious. You know, it, it's so annoying. Uh, but you know what? God's word says, proclaiming to be wise, they were fools. My friends, we know the truth. Let's stand on that truth and let's stand for what is right. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Help us, Lord Jesus, to not blend in with the world, but let us stand out and stand apart and let us stand for what is right and for what is true. And Lord, for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me for all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just want to pray for our nation and its leaders that they'll come to know you before it's too late. Lord, I do pray for our, our brother in Christ, uh, Doug, uh, and uh, that he everything go well uh, with his bopsy he's having, uh, Doug Grissom. Uh, Lord, I do pray that, um, that you'll be with my Aunt Linda and my Aunt Donna. And Lord, pray you put your healing hands upon them. I pray for Ron Thompson and Wendy Lee and Kim Penix and Jane Kitchings and Roger Winters and Larry and Dinah Knight and uh, Donnie Cutshaw and uh, so many others, Lord Jesus. Be with those that are battling COVID and that you bring healing upon them. Lord, be with us this day. Lead us, guide us, Lord, protect us, and let us serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, my friends. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. Uh, don't forget, if you ever have problems watching on uh, Facebook or social media now, because uh, I'm having a lot of trouble, uh, you can always watch live at uh, flbconline.com. So be sure that um, uh, if you cannot find me on social media, to go there and watch the devotions or our sermons, 
And if you haven't already, go ahead and watch the uh, tune in to the Doc Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes, free of charge. And, but it's audio only. You can listen to all the devotions at work or play or whatever you're doing if you feel feel froggy and want to. So uh, uh, I hope everybody, again, I hope everybody has a fantabulous day today and a blessed day. And uh, if you are able to and want to, come and join us at church at 118 Julie Lane, uh, Johnson City, uh, there in Boone's Creek at uh, 11 a.m. for our morning service. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be continuing our study at Second Peter Sunday evening online at 6 o'clock. I hope everybody has a great day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless. <laughs>